It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality, and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, I'm sorry, we don't. This week, we're not usual. This week, we have an unusual guest who's actually a fairly usual guest. Uh, what's your name again, young man? I'm Josh Barnett. There we go. You know, the, the two Barnetts come at you this week live, at least while we're recording, we're live. And, uh, right? Yes. Okay. You're with me. and Yeah, I'm, I'm here in person. Good, good. Yeah. So, uh, Aaron is, this is hunting week and Aaron's up and he's out of range and he's in a hotel room where he's not able to record right now, I guess, with the family. So, uh, we're just going to come at this and, uh, give you the best that we can with everything we have, but it's, it's nice to have, uh, such an illustrious co-host, guest host, uh, here in the house. I'm here all the time. In the house, which is just the house we live in. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we'd like to tell you that you can follow this show on Twitter while it's still there. Uh, and so far, so far, it's still there. Every day I've been checking, it's still around. And I'm at Not So Humble Host. Uh, the show is at Scotty Johnny Pod. And actually, Aaron, even though he's not here, is at Cheddar Talk. And I know, Josh, you have a Twitter uh, following as well. Uh, at Josh Barnes 66. And by following, I mean mostly you just follow other people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a lot of retweeting and a lot of liking. A lot, a lot of liking. You're a likable young man, uh, although mostly you're able to like others. I'm really good at it, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll just get right into everything this week, and we'll start everything off with the segment of the show that we like to call our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Main event, we will start with the Packers coming right back down to earth this week. Just plummeting, basically, like a comet, like some sort of meteor, like a world killer. Um, just straight on at you. Clouds of dust, changing climates, uh, horrible things everywhere. Uh, went from snow to not snow. So, yeah, I mean, they think the, the death spirals in at this point. Josh was actually... At the game live, how did it feel in the stadium? I mean, it was electric watching the Packers lose, but it was it was still fun. Obviously, there's lots of complaints, uh, uh, some places on Twitter, that they don't hear the fans enough when they're doing the gold package games, which this was, meaning the old traditional Milwaukee tickets. Um, how was you know you talked about like the atmosphere felt electric? How was it in the stadium? Were people up and yelling and stuff? Yes, I've. I don't know why they say that, like it's they're still yelling. Okay, I mean that's kind of been my experience. I went to like you know obviously I went to four different games last year live, and and two of them were gold package and two of them weren't. And there was not last year at least a noticeable difference. Um, people people sitting there on Twitter doing it from from home who are telling you like no no it doesn't sound like there's anything going on there. Like well yeah because they they dull the sound for the for the tv audience so 
Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. They're just sat there sitting on the couch like, oh, man, it's not that you're not there. So what are you talking about? Um, just just another lackluster offensive game. Uh, Tennessee Titans come into this game. They're what they were seven. They're seven and three now. So they're six and three coming in. Uh, they put up 27 on the Packers. A lot of it, Tannehill putting up 333 yards. Uh, Rodgers kicked in 227 of his own to try to... I mean, he had a 97.7 rating. He wasn't terrible in this game. Yeah, I mean, you can't say he was bad, but there were a lot of things he just did not do. I mean, the stats, I don't think, tell the whole story at times. I have to, yeah, I don't think they tell the story. Now, when you watch... Um, there's a number of people on Twitter who, who do a good job of this, too, but you start watching some of these things. You don't even have to go to the all twenty-two to see some of this. Like the one where they even look back, and there's Alan Lazard is nobody for ten yards. Rogers sees him late, throws it just behind him that he can't even get to. Uh, Sammy Watkins coming across the middle on a must-have play and just throws it away. Um, he, and yeah, maybe it's the thumb. But if it's the thumb, you know, why is he playing if his thumb's really that badly hurt? Right. That's I guess that's the thing. The the season's kind of a wash at this point. Like they're four and seven, technically very much in it, which is the worst part about the NFC right now is the Packers are not out of it. Uh which gives people that, that feeling of like, well, we'll just gotta play Rodgers, he's the best option. Because we haven't seen Love play, so he must be terrible. We're convinced he's terrible. Uh and he might be. I just don't know. My thought, and, and let you say yours in a, your piece in a second here, but my major thought is uh, we don't know what we have in love. We know what we have in Rodgers, but also we know, we know Rodgers' hand is bothering him. His thumb is broken from what we've heard from reports. Uh, Rodgers talking to people. Why not just get him better? Um, if you think you still got a chance, you think you want, I mean, you're going to need him down the stretch. We're just going to play with a broken Rodgers all year. We're not doing things. I mean, the NFL is a league where you are either competing for championship, building to compete for championship, or wasting everybody's time. And right now the Packers are wasting everybody's time because we're not doing any of those other two things. So your thoughts on kind of what should the rest of the season look like, not just from the quarterback position, but I want you to address the quarterback position, but kind of what would you like to see that would let you know that there's make you feel better going into next year? I want to see our rookies play and that, and I include Jordan Ruff. He's not a rookie, obviously, but we haven't seen much of him. And at this point, we're how many games back of the Vikings, who did just lose, but we're still at least three. Yeah, they're eight and two, so we're we're four, yeah, and a half back. I don't even see us winning a division, and I don't even I don't see us winning out to have a chance at a wild card this year. <laughs> I really don't see that happening. Um, but. Some things I would like to see. I would like to see Love at least get more in practice. I mean, it's almost inexcusable. You're making a quarterback with a broken hand, allegedly, he says. Like, play? Like, that's not – what are we doing? Mm-hmm. No, that's exactly – I'm with you on that. Um, Packers' next game is going to be the Eagles on the 27th. I don't so, think we're going to win that game. Yeah, that's going to be – man, that's that's a tough bit there to try to get through. That's – that team looks so good right now, and I don't know. And and they're hand they're uh, handcuffing themselves to a certain extent because they're busy not playing Kenneth Gainwell, 
he's the best back on their roster. I have no idea why he's not starting over Miles Sanders. Yeah, he's he's got great hands. He's got great speed. I mean, they're they're just doing themselves a disfavor, which is fine with me. But and nobody's gonna call him out because they are in fact, you know, winning. So it doesn't much matter. You know, you you can just keep doing whatever you're doing if you're you're winning. So it doesn't matter. But for the Packers. Uh, I put out an article at Acme Packing now. I think the big thing for the Packers is they have to give uh, in to the fact that they're a running team. They are not a quarterback-led team anymore. And let Rodgers essentially let this team look like what the Titans are, uh, which is you got to run, make everybody want to respect the run, and then you know if Tannehill can throw for 333 against the Packers, Rodgers can do better than that against even better defenses than the Packers, which is a lot of them, by the way, at this point. But um, I, w- I would say we, we just surrender to the fact that we are, in fact, a running team. Or, yeah. Or at least a run-first team, right? Yeah. I mean, we don't have a Derrick Henry. who We don't just have no. just one guy. But, I mean, Aaron Jones is faster than Derrick Henry. I don't think it's a debate. And, I mean, A.J. Dillon's a solid supplement. Like, combined, we easily have the talent of Derrick Henry in our backfield. Yeah. I th- even if we don't. We can supplement with the fact that our passing game is better than theirs, and we, we can do more in that way and at least be more blended. Uh, I looked at the numbers in terms of just when the Packers throw twice as much as they run, Rodgers has a, a sub-80 rating. I think it's 78 or 74 rating uh, in those five games. It's five games this year, counting Tennessee, where we threw twice as many times as we ran the ball, not counting Rodgers scrambles on pass plays. Uh, we lose all five of those games. Rodgers, like I said, is completely, he's completing like 63% of his passes, which isn't terrible. Uh, I think it's six touchdowns, five interceptions, and a rating of 78, I believe. So when you look at the games where the Packers run more than they have pass attempts, uh, Rodgers' rating goes up to like 140. Or like, yeah, no, it's 138 or something like that. So he's at a plus, he's up to 130 rating, and he's getting roughly the same number of yards. So it goes from like 230.6 to 229 in terms of yards per game. But his touchdown uh, ratio goes to like five to one, six to one, something like that. No, five to nothing, in fact. It goes to seven to one if you include the one game against Buffalo where it was 50 50. And Rodgers, if you include all of that, those three games, he's two and one has a rating over 120, and is completing about 70% of his passes. Rodgers will have better numbers and be more accurate and more precise and, in fact, have a better rating the more we run the ball. We be Running the ball would help Rodgers, would help the team, it would help his numbers, it would help everyone else's numbers. It would, we would have a better product on the field if we surrender to what we are. This team doesn't know what it is at this point. And everybody on Packers Twitter, you know, it's it's because we don't have a true number one receiver. Ugh. No, it's not. No. Who do the Titans have? They're seven and three. They have a they have a rookie and a beat up Robert Woods. <laughs> Is that really better than our receiving core at this point? But they've got you know perennial uh, average man Ryan Tannehill back there. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, no, that's the hurtful part is you just look at that team and you say, like, we can do at least that because our receiving core is at least that good. And, I mean, they're banged up now, obviously, but we we have the ability to do these things. 
And every week, Matt LaFleur comes out and says, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I just, it's not good enough, is it? And we're like, well, I'm, it's okay to, to be in these spots where, you know, you're going through something hard and you're going through a difficult stretch. But the thing I want to see from Matt LaFleur that I'm not getting uh, is he doesn't tell me anything. His, his press conferences are just like, yeah, that's not good, is it? Yeah, that's, yeah, this last week was bad. He was just, he was just done. Yeah. You could tell in his voice, he was like, he was just sad, and you could just kind of tell, he, like, he's kind of quit on the season. Here's, here's the other thing that uh, I think maybe I haven't seen anybody put it up yet. Like, it hasn't get, gotten put up on all those those things where they're like, oh, hey, look, so and so, there's Matt Lafleur with his best friend. He was in his wedding. Here's, oh, here's you know this and that. Matt Lafleur gets owned by the guys he's coached with. Everybody Matt LaFleur has coached with has learned something about him, but he didn't learn enough about any of them to be able to deal with, you know, the Jets and Salah's defense or the 49ers when they had Salah and Kyle Shanahan, who he worked for. It doesn't do well. I mean, actually, he's done fairly well against the, the Rams. Is the only one. Sean McVay and, and the Rams is a team he's beaten a couple times now. But, like, his other buddies seem to just beat him. A lot, and even when they're not the better team, but they know what he does. And why didn't he learn from them what they do? And how does he not know how to stop it? And at this point, he still doesn't know anything about defense, right? He still is Joe Barry. Joe Barry is an excuse of a defensive coordinator. The idea that you could be the defensive coordinator on one of the worst defenses of all time, the the zero and sixteen Lions, and then you're like. I can turn this into another defensive coordinator gig, maybe two or three, because he is the example of exactly all the nepotism of the league and everything that's wrong about hiring in the NFL. He's a white guy whose dad was a coach, whose father-in-law was a coach, uh, who is good friends with Matt LaFleur and uh, Sean McVay. And so his buddies and his family get him new gigs all the time. And he's not particularly good at any of them. But yeah, I mean... Like I've said before on the show, I, I always respect uh, Mike McCarthy because he fired his friends and brought in guys like Dom Capers, who was not somebody he'd ever worked with before. And Lafleur came into a pretty good defense coordinator who it was time for him to go. I'm not saying they should have kept Petten, but when he got the opportunity to do the hiring, then he just brought in a buddy. So he fired a guy he didn't know who he hadn't worked with just to bring in friends. Keeping your friends, the guys you came up with around you while you head coach, is one of the biggest downfalls of coaching. And some of these guys just won't let it go. Um, they will they will get fired rather than um, let their friends go. They, they would rather be bad with their friends than continue to have this job and to win with other people. And that's that's what kills so many of them. This is what Belichick doesn't do. <laughs> you know, This is why Belichick is still coaching. Yeah, he he doesn't do the things other people do, like fall in love with a system. He he will change his system tomorrow. He will change everything about it. He'll go to a four three tomorrow if he was told it would make him win, and he will. 100%. Yeah, he's done that type of stuff before. All right, we're mostly in a rant because this was a bad game. Packers should have won this. Um, the only good chance, the, the couple good things. Um, I mean, Jones still looks good. Uh, Watson still looks like he can play, right? Like he seems to be on the rise. Yeah. And 
I don't know. There were a couple good plays by the defense out there, but just seriously not that that enough. Like Quay Walker's always around the ball, but he's almost never the first person to make a tackle. I think he does better sideline to sideline than he does trying to read a thing and wash. Yeah, I think that Georgia defense that he came from is just so stupidly easy. He's like, you have one thing to do, and you can do that, and he did. And he can do it with speed. He's, he is fast. He's athletic. Um, I still have hope he, he just picks it up. I mean, that's not a... It is hard. Rookie linebacker is a very hard thing to learn. I mean, you got to yeah. learn defense and all that. So that's I don't blame rookies linebackers too hard. Yeah, I think that's fine. So I mean, there's there's things here that can work, but not this year. It's not going to save this team this year. And also, I know the coaching won't put these guys in positions to do the things they they can do. Uh, I have no faith in this coaching staff right now, and it bothers me. This is where at the end of the season we're going to see what LeFleur is made of uh, because he'll either make drastic changes because he wants to win or he'll sit there and just have a press conference telling us he doesn't know, he doesn't get it, he doesn't he doesn't understand why this is happening. And then then that's when you lose faith in a guy like that. That's just, just the way it goes, I feel. Uh, again, November 27th in Philadelphia. Uh that's the Monday night, right? Yeah. I, I The Packers aren't going to win that. I, I don't have any faith in them doing that. I think they're going to get out coached. I think they're going to get out played. And, uh, yeah, it's a team that knows who they are, the Eagles. Uh, even if they're making mistakes in their personnel by not starting Kenneth Gainwell. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's on them. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're just going to move straight on over into just uh, college football. Uh, Badgers get a... They get a win. Um, I'm not going to say like a nice win. I was going to say that it was, it was a, it was a win. It was a, a win. Not proud of. They did in fact win the game. Happened. That's about it. Yeah. Um, get the late touchdown. Touchdown is by by Graham Mertz on the run. So just you know, not even scrambling. It's just it's like a two yard dive by Mertz. So it was. Something you get that win, and you got to get that win. Going into Memorial is tough. That stadium is a big place, and they always sell out. And those fans, they've had a bad year, they've had a bad decade, and they are still there. And you know, good on them. I, I got no beef. Like the Iowa rivalry, the Nebraska rivalry, both trophy games, and uh, I, I respect the heck out of both those schools and their fan bases. Uh, yeah, they, they've always been there. Yeah, and when you talk to an Iowa fan. And you're talking football and you're talking about your teams. You both talk greatly about your own team and the things you respect about the other team. Uh, Nebraska, I've never had them come up and try to just be mean to you about anything. They just really like their team. Uh, that was I was at the Big Ten Championship game. where First off, I was at the first one, which was uh, Michigan State, Wisconsin. And outside the stadium before the game, Michigan State fans were like in small groups just screaming their fight song at people and just yelling about how they're going to win and they were in everybody's face and on the way out it was dead silent because the badger fans didn't give it back to them we just walked out excited that we won and the next year came back and there was nebraska and i went to that one too and that was just a great game because of a fantastic atmosphere by both teams uh, both fan bases were incredibly good to each other and very just excited to be there happy for their team rooting for their team and they don't have any beef with the other team. They're just there to play football. And they, you know, it was a really good atmosphere for sports. Um, so I, that's why, I, like, Iowa, Nebraska, in that group, people that's like, yeah, just 
happy to be a game with you. Even the Ohio State people, I didn't really mind them that much. No, they were like they were kind of cocky, but like they were nice about it. You can't tell them not to be cocky. That team wins. They win a lot. So <laughs> I don't, I don't really feel like I can tell them not to be. Um, but they weren't rude about it. They're just like, we're going to beat you guys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, they weren't up in our face. Like, you guys suck. They're just like, we're going to win. Yeah. It was just kind of a knowing, like, you know, we're going to win. Hey, how are you guys doing? You know, you guys, you know, you had a good season. You know, I was like, yeah, okay. I, I didn't have a big problem. Like, Josh and I went to the Big Ten Championship game where Ohio State just destroyed us. It was like 59 to 3. It was, it was, it was <laughs> bad. And uh, yeah, it was just, I don't have as much of a problem with them. Michigan, I will always hate with the, the the light of a thousand suns, just because the way they used to just thump and then run up the score on people, they were classless, and I hated that. So there is no amount of points that we could beat Michigan by in any year that I would ever feel satisfied by. <laughs> That's why this weekend, Ohio State versus Michigan, I'm rooting for Ohio State. I don't care one way or the other, but Axe Week this week, yeah. and this, I guess I'm not sure if the Gophers are planning on starting uh, Tanner Morgan again, because they didn't last week. They're still, I mean, he's still the team leader. Uh, I guess I don't know if, what their plan is there, but um, yeah, Minnesota, uh, they, they lost again. They lost to Iowa, the Floyd of Rosedale, right? Uh, they hung with them a bit, though. That's 13 to 10, so that's not so terrible. No, and that's pretty good. It's respectable. Um, Ibrahim had a bunch of yards, but that's the only thing that works for this team. He had only, he had like forty carries. <laughs> He's the only thing on that team. Yeah, so they started. Oh, geez, I always forget how to say this. Kaliak, Nasus, or whatever. Um, one of these other guys, because Tanner Morgan's terrible. Kaliak Manis, Kaliak Manis, uh, Athen is his name. Uh, so yeah, uh, true freshman from Illinois. And uh, that's the guy they started last week. He had a, you know, was it 7 of 15 this last game for 87 yards against Iowa. I think the Badger defense is going to be up to the task of stopping this team. Even without Nick Herbig. Even though they did appeal yeah. to. They'll, yeah, the, hopefully they can. De- but he shouldn't be started for the first half, is there, for, right? Yeah, for now at least. That was a terrible targeting call this last week. There were a couple calls that were very questionable. Technically, the the one him going onto the field, yeah, he he 100% violated that rule. He got on the field without his helmet. Of course, he only doesn't have his helmet because they took it from him, but he should know he can't go on the field. That's one on him. And whatever coaches watched him run down the field, and didn't stop him. Because uh, somebody's got to knock him back and get him back in line. You can celebrate on the sideline, my man. But that was not targeting. Not in any way. Um He's coming in low. He's trying to get a tackle, and then the quarterback suddenly slides quickly in front of him, and you can see he quickly tries to roll, so he rolls over him. Um, and, yeah, he did contact the head, but you can just look at the intent on there and see he was 100% trying to change his pad level so that he rolled and did not hit him once he's once he slid at a guy who was already coming in for the tackle hard, and he it was a very, very late slide. Um, and... Yeah, it was it was a really bad call, uh, and that was on that drive because the very next one, the quarterback throws the ball. Was it Keanu Benton or was it Anderson? Uh, one of the guys that they put hands on him, which they shouldn't have done. But then he like threw himself backwards, like he'd been shot. Um, it was just 
it was incredible acting and good on him, I guess, because he, it made it work. But that was their He's a better actor than he is a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the drive that uh, put him up fourteen three, and that's what looked like a killer there because I was like, well, that's the one that does it, right? We're going to lose because they they were able to make that one drive where almost all of it was penalties on really just not penalty plays. Um, so yeah, that's that's a bit frustrating, but. Minnesota is mostly just they are uh, Mo Ibrahim. That's that's what's going to work for this team. Uh, they do have, I guess they have a couple receivers, but none of them are particularly uh, exciting. Uh, not that our passing game is amazing, but I mean Tanner Morgan's not good. He is not good. He has been there for five years because nobody, and he's been starting all five, right? Cause, I think so. Because he got the extra COVID year. Uh, he's been starting for like five years, and he is not any better. Uh, anybody who's going to be mad about uh, Mertz, Mertz is better than this guy. And he's, you know, also I guess he's been playing for four years. But, I mean, just, I don't know. Morgan just is that guy. Uh, and the same reason that Mertz is going to come back next year, the same reason Tanner Morgan's still there, is that he's not getting drafted. Uh, he has no draft prospect because nobody's interested in a kind of below average college quarterback coming to the NFL. So I don't know. It's me rough. What do you got on the you look like you have something to say? No, I was just about Braylon Allen. If he's healthy that'll that'll definitely help and then he has to play well and not just cut outside every chance he gets. The cuts work a couple times this game, which may or may not be good. Um he 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 still needs to work on finding that fit. I think things came a little too easily quickly for him and so there's just times when he's running with the ball where he looks hesitant, uh, like things don't open up like he hopes. He doesn't f- know how to kind of make it work by just having that control of the offense. Uh, on top of that, yeah, like you're saying, it, he's got that shoulder. He's He had to come out twice the other day. But the nice thing is having Malusi back was huge. Uh, and we're getting Malusi back next year. Yeah. Isn't he, isn't he gone? No, he said he's coming back. Oh, okay. I thought he'd run out, but I suppose he did. They, well, either way, he's got the COVID. I don't know, but he, he looked pretty good last week. He did. He he was running strong. He was running fast. Uh, like, watch the decisiveness of him getting to the line versus what um, has been happening with Braylon Allen, and you can see it. And or with Garendo even. Uh, so they are. Yeah, this is a hard thing. Garendo should have had a receiving touchdown on that one. So he he laid out for it, making sure he secured the catch um, rather than he just kind of run through, through it. it. <laughs> yeah, he could have had it. Just reach out and run through it. He would have had that. Um, I think the Badgers do win this one. I think they beat Minnesota. I think it's going to be tough. Minnesota's defense is not bad. That's a good defense. Um, yeah, they got some NFL caliber guys on that defense. Yeah, I just I think it's going to be another kind of like this one where it's going to be a little low scoring. Um but I think the Badgers' defense is better than what Minnesota's offense is going to be able to do. I think it's going to be low scoring, but I think the Badgers are going to pull it out. Being at home is going to help. Um, they said today in the weight room they played uh, the Gophers celebrating last year at uh, whatever bank is owning their stadium now. Uh, <laughs> play, they were celebrating to jump around, and they were playing that in the weightlifting room today for the team. Let them know how Ugh. mad they should be because they, they're going to be angry, I think, too. And – yeah, they're going to have to play at least probably the first half without Herbig, but uh, I think that they're going to be – I think there's going to be a lot of motivation. I think they'll be angry, and they are the more talented team. Yes. And Leonard's a better coach. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, PJ Fleck 
is loved by the media, but he's a mediocre coach. He's like one of those things. This is one of the weird parts. Like the media really falls in love with guys who are like the rah-rah, the guy who looks like someone from TV, or they give them the great um, just clip of something to say. So they love Campbell. Campbell. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly right. They love Dan Campbell. He's a terrible coach. He's won three straight. You got to give him that. That team has won three straight. They got some talent on that team. They do have some talent. I don't think it's better. Yeah, I don't think it's because of him. Um, By kneecaps. Yeah, like he just says crazy stuff. Um, but he, and then they love Fleck because he does all the like rah rah, let's go. I'm I'm what is, elite. I'm elite today, which he's been told to stop doing that actually because yeah, he's losing recruits because you had a guy going through a mental health crisis. And he just told him he had to say he's elite today, and you're like, yeah, that's not good. It's not great. So that's how you get people to not commit to your program. Yeah. So. Yeah, we'll see. Um, some word that uh, Marcus Allen got an offer from Minnesota. I got a lot of responses because I said, well, like, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> uh, good for him. He can do what he wants, obviously. Absolutely. And I'm not going to root against him wherever he goes. Uh, you know, He's got a right to he, take he could He could go to a worse school. There are worse schools in Minnesota. I know sure. it is hard to believe, but he could go to Alabama. <laughs> he wouldn't play there. It'd be good for his football career. It's just not a good school. Yeah. He wouldn't start there either. <laughs> yeah, no, he would not, but... Either way, uh, I think we're doing pretty well with with what that's going to look like, and I think that the Packers have a, or pardon me, the Badgers here at least have a good chance of one of the football teams needs to win, right? <laughs> Somebody somewhere so, just yeah. get us a win. Can't tie in college, <laughs> right? Um, Bucks had an interesting week, didn't they? Uh, of course, the biggest story is that Giannis pushed a ladder, uh, <laughs> and then you can see like the very next game the Sixers played, right? Not yeah. at their home. There's there's Embiid getting up shots, and you know there's not a ladder there because other teams don't do that. Because nobody does that. Like they've had people from Pfizer come out. They're like, we always let like the rule that we've always been told is you you if people want to come out and practice after games, you let them because a lot of people do that. It's a very common thing. It happens all the time. He just asked that they wait till he shot some free throws, and they kept saying no, forget you, and then he started pushing the thing. They say throwing. What he's doing is just trying to slide it over, and of course it sticks, and the leg catches, and it falls. If MB did it, it wouldn't be as big. Well, no, not at home. I mean, it'd still be weird, I guess. It's weird that it, he knocked the ladder over, but he did move it nicely the first time, and the second time he's trying to push it a little bit, and it falls over. He didn't like pick it up and throw it or anything like that. I mean, that. he could have, but he didn't. Yeah, and he has a right to go out there and practice. Everybody does it everywhere. All the time. Yeah. This is the people are like, oh, what a weird fake tough guy. No. The MB tough guy moved tough guy. Embiid is a fake tough guy because he tried to put a shoulder into Giannis. And then when that didn't work and Giannis put up the shot, Embiid flopped. Did you see that? Embiid is the biggest flopper. Oh. That dude is not tough. He is not. He's such he he talks and he just falls over a lot. Does he got beat up by Brooke Lopez in that first game so badly. Like he wouldn't even try to go at the net because he couldn't. And Bede can shoot. I'll give him that. But he's, yeah. he should not drive inside. He he will flop every single... He's James Harden as a big man. Yeah. But uh, seriously, though, like this is a tough guy move by the floor crew trying to get at Giannis, uh, get at some other team star uh, in order to show like something to him. And that's the fake tough guy thing is these guys just trying to find a way to be jerks to a star because they can. And they don't do it to anyone else because you'd have seen this sort of thing happen before. And this happens in every arena, every night. 
all the time in the NBA. So, I mean, the Sixers do get the win. That's rough. Uh, I mean, it's a 110-102 loss in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, yeah, you say they're going to get some of those. Uh, this is this is a good rivalry back and forth. They definitely don't like each other. Uh, but I think down the stretch will be something where, you know, the, the like we had earlier in the year, the Bucks are going to win a lot more of these than what the Sixers do. The Sixers are kind of slowly falling apart um, after the trust the process. Time to not trust. Well, they built up a pretty good team. They're just their window closed pretty quickly because the Bucks are there and in their way. And the Celtics had a process that worked too. Yeah, Celtics are really good. So, yeah, I mean, just it, it's still been good. I mean, it's a rough losing three out of four and four out of the last six. Um, that's not a stretch you want to continue. But, I mean, like they they hadn't lost before that, so. Um, the win still against Cavaliers. I thought that was a great win. Uh, went back and rewatched that one. Uh, I mean, the Cavaliers get out to a good start. There are a couple really nice shots. Uh, Mitchell and Mobley and uh, Garland. Just really, that is a good three. Cavs are Cavs are good and they're young. Yeah, that's a good group of three there with a legitimate star, and uh, that that's a pretty good team. They they had some problems. Uh, the third quarter, the Bucks just absolutely went after him uh the defensive play was fantastic the number of offensive rebounds the bucks seemed to get second chance points was fantastic um and as we're in it now too the bucks as everyone knows we record on monday night but the bucks are currently leading the trailblazers but that game is not over yet uh the biggest thing i always say and if you've you have a different feeling on this josh but uh aaron and i always say like it's too early to care that much uh, I like watching this team. I will keep watching them in the regular season so I can continue to talk about them. Uh, I'll even go, I, I rewatch them now that I've got the Valley Sports app. I can just rewatch games, which is kind of nice because then it skips all the, the, everything from the breaks. I mean, it'll still show me some ads, but not nearly as much. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, it, I think they're, they're a good shooting team. Uh, their backups are playing great. They haven't been overplaying the minutes, even with that 10 and 0 start or whatever. They just, continue to have uh well i guess nine and zero starts that they had um they continue to have a team that uh has been able to take days off for their stars and they've done that a bunch recently they've had a couple games like that they got some wins in those like uh they beat the thunder both times they played the thunder they were not playing anybody the <laughs> the game against the cavaliers they had a lot of bench players playing major roles in that game uh splash mountain just lighting it up in that one yeah. too and I do like Bo Camp is getting minutes. That's yeah. good because Bud does not do that for rookies. Right. And Noara has looked really good in these last couple of games. He seems to be getting the coach's trust as well. So that's that's really good with those two getting better and coming off the bench. Yeah. The, the number of times, too, against the Cavs that the Bucks seem to go basically three bigs. There were a couple of times where they had like, um, like Brooke, Bobby, and Giannis on the floor. Um, and, and just like you just know that the, the Celtics and, or pardon me, the, the Cavs were not going to get a rebound at that point at all. Yeah, they're, they're got really good young guards, but they're not super big. Yeah, Mobley does well, but that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> they're very guard heavy on that team. And so they had it shows also that, that Bud has a game plan. He has an idea of how he's working his rotations to make sure that they can uh, get guys rest, but also take advantage of the matchups in, in ways like that, especially having a guy like Giannis 
who can get side to side as quickly as he does to be able to come in there and still let Brooke just be a rim guarder down there. So that was, uh, I thought they did a really good job in that one. Tough loss at the 76ers that you get a team like that at home. Sometimes you just don't get it done, but uh, they get to play the trailblazers now and they're still on top of the division. Bucks are going to win this division and then we'll care a little bit more once we get to the playoffs. Right? Yeah. There's <laughs> really no, it's so not important really. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll move into other basketball. We do have uh, Badgers and golden Eagles this week. Uh, Badgers played, uh, of course, their largest in-state rival, uh, their, their biggest rivalry, right? You know, like that in-state team that they play every year and it's super important. I mean, they're a smaller school, but the Badgers play them every year. Uh, UW Green Bay, uh, just doing that to mess with people. Uh, Eleven point win. Uh, the only concerning part about this game is how Green Bay came back in the second half. Uh, they they really started shooting better. Um, they had a much better second half. Really started showing up a lot more uh, against the the Badgers in that second half. But they still never at any point led in that second half. They never got it up uh, to tied. They did get it closer and the the Badgers pulled away a little bit more at the end but a 56 45 game you got to feel good if you're the Phoenix on that one I think only lost lose two by 11 that's pretty good yeah take that and go back into the the Horizon League and uh you gotta feel pretty decent I mean I guess well they're one of the (laughs) only 0 and 5 (laughs) yeah but they're playing Wisconsin pretty well and well maybe got an over (laughs) accentuated view of what Wisconsin is but I mean, like, I, I still feel like the coaching at Green Bay is going to do fine. Um, I, I like the, the hires they've had there. I think they're going to get this team doing better. Horizon League's a league where, you know, you got to have good coaching because the, the talent levels are of us, you know, just they're in that that mid that lower mid major. They're not even like a Mississippi Valley State or Mississippi Valley uh, Conference or Missouri Valley Conference. Is what I mean, I'm sorry, Missouri yeah. Valley Conference. Uh, the, the Ohio Valley conferences, those, those are some of those, those groups in there that, that pull up some of these teams, the MEAC and stuff like that. But, uh, these guys are kind of on the lower end of that where we send teams like, you know, Wright state is a very good team. Um, Milwaukee's had a year once or twice, Cleveland state every now and then, uh, Oakland every now and then Robert Morris a little bit, but, uh, this is kind of Wright state's conference to lose if they, <laughs> they're going to go at it. But that is the only game for the Badgers. They are three and zero. Uh, and that's kind of where they're going here. Uh, Marquette has a couple tough ones here. They played Purdue last week. They played them tight. Uh, that was a game where really they they really could have won. If you go look at the chart on this one, I'm just showing Josh right now, but like Marquette is in there and they are leading right up to the end. So it's you know, like five minutes left or something. Uh, they're right there and then they don't score for five minutes. During that time, that goes from a tie game to a game that Marquette, that Purdue is winning. Marquette scores the last couple points to make it a five-point loss. But, yeah, they were in that most of that way. That's a really tight game up until that. I mean, just it is one stretch where Marquette just could not get the ball in the basket for about five minutes. And that is the difference in the game. If they get two shots in there, maybe they win this Yeah, they, they might win that. I played them. They played them really well. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a good team. I really enjoy this team. They're a ton of fun to watch. Uh, like we said, we this is where Josh we're looking at here. Like Joplin coming off the bench 
getting 21 points in 21 minutes. He had no points in the first half. Right. As a forward, I mean, I get this. You say, like, wow, he can score. He's scoring from forever. Uh, he is 7 of 11, three of, or probably 5 of 7 from 3. Uh, but he is behind Igodaro and Prosper out there getting minutes. I mean, they're all getting 20 minutes or so. Um, the only uh, They're rotating their forwards a lot. They're bringing in Mitchell. Uh, well, he's starting, but he's also at 20 minutes. Uh, they're, they're keeping Jones and uh, Kolek out there a long time. Kolek played 39 minutes in this game. That's an insane amount. Getting eight points and 11 assists. He's a really good kind of true point guard. Uh, he can make those three-point shots, but he just he doesn't get um, that kind of look there. With the... They had more people in attendance than their capacity allows. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that kind of thing happens every now and then, I guess, sometimes with, like, Standing room only sorts of things, yeah. things like that. Um, they were play, They played Long Island. That was, again, they just destroyed Long Island, which, of course, are the Lone Sharks. Uh, or maybe just the Sharks, I guess. Just the Sharks. I don't watch, I don't watch them a lot. Uh, well, we, we know more about them on this podcast because the Badger hockey team beat the Long Island Sharks in hockey, which I was like, I, I didn't know they had a hockey team. Uh, I guess okay. they do. Um, yeah, Marquette gets that win. Uh, and if they can hang with Purdue... At Purdue out in West Lafayette, you gotta feel good about that team. And I really do think, like watching this Golden Eagles team is a lot of fun. They play super high energy. Um, let me double check this again with Purdue as you look at these stats on this. But it's like they run deep on this bench. They only go five deep this week. You know, in that game. Yeah. So, like I said, it's like they're playing two lines. Sometimes when they're out there, it feels like they're playing three lines worth of guys because. They just throw entire groups at you, and they play all the way through. Like they just play hard. It is great defense, um, and it's hustle. It is fast, and there's a lot of fast break because they get out and transition quickly off that defense. Um, if you like watching basketball, this is as, this is about as good as it gets. I think I can't wait to see them get into Big East play. They got a couple other good games coming up. Um, they're playing Mississippi State right now. Uh, as we're watching, do you have the score there, Josh? Yeah, no, you were just checking it. After that, they'll play Chicago State, and then they'll get Baylor and Michigan, or Baylor and Wisconsin. Uh, so that's pretty um, good. 23-19 Mississippi State right now. Okay. Then it will be, was it North Carolina Central? But then they're going to play Notre Dame, and then they'll get into Big East play you know, with Creighton. So, I mean, like, they got that's after Mississippi schedule. State. Yeah, they're going to have to play Chicago State and North Central or, or NC Central. But other than that, they will be playing Baylor, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. That's pretty good. Yeah, they're not afraid. They come in and and, and then they got to well. play the number tenth ranked Creighton. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what what this team does. I think this is a this is a team that gets into a playoff again. I think they get into the tournament, and I think they could be really interesting this year. A lot of guys last year were freshmen, uh, counting on on Morrell as the transfer, but I think this year a lot of these guys coming back. Uh, as sophomores, really involved and really into this team, and I'm I'm really excited to watch this team. One of the things that makes me excited about the Badger team is, again, they're going very deep in this roster this year. Last year they did not. They had you know they had their five, and they really needed their five. They needed you know uh, Davis to just give them a giant game, and they don't always have that. But they got Jordan Davis giving them nice games here too. Uh, he's not going to give you what Johnny Davis did, but he gives you some. Uh, we've been getting good time from uh, Asijian coming off the bench. McGee, uh, Asijian is the, the true freshman out of Indiana. 
and McGee is the transfer from uh, GB. Uh, Neath is still on the team, getting some time here and there. Uh, CG is a really good shooter. Um, like they showed him in practice the other day, just taking shots. He makes like ten in a row. He's just he's just he's got a good stroke. He's got a good feel. He's got to do it more in games, but he can do it. Uh, Klesmet, uh, the guy, shoot, he came from, I forget, he's a transfer in too. Uh, and, and he's looked nice out there and uh, playing that other guard spot between uh, Hepburn and Davis. So um, they've got some depth on this team at least, which helps. So that's kind of what I'm excited looking forward to this team. They've got a really good group of shooters, which will keep them in a lot of games and I think will be more valuable come tournament time uh, once we get into that. Anything else on, on the two basketball teams right here, Josh? No. All right. All right, then we're going to uh, go ahead and uh, wrap up everything else that we have in the segment of the show that we lovingly call Our Last Call. Time to look around and get your bearings. It's time for the last call. All right, for last call, we'll start with men's cross country this week just because they did have the national championships this week. Uh, we were watching it in our house. Uh, it was it's a lot of fun. It's a very quick thing to do. Uh, the men's team finished sixth nationally. So that's a very good finish for a team that won the regional. Uh, two All-Americans come out of Wisconsin, uh, Jackson Sharp and Bob Liking. Uh, Sharp finished 16th overall and Liking finished uh, 34th. Um, 29 minutes, 16.8 seconds, and 29 minutes, uh, 30.2 seconds, 8K. Uh, the other manager finishers finished 45th, 54th, 79th, and 83rd. Uh, so they, uh, oh, and then the last one rounding out coming in at uh, 188. So that's uh, it's, a, it's a very nice finish for a team coming in there. Uh, the women's team uh, finished 19th. Uh, so they, they were not anywhere near the podium like that, but uh, they had a very nice year. Uh, junior Shea Rule. Uh, Ruley, I'm sorry, if I thought there was a, I misread it for a second. Uh, Ruley, she uh, was 94th overall. She was the highest finisher for the Badgers. Uh, she's from Middleton, uh, sophomore, or sorry, junior, like I said, redshirt junior. Senior Samantha Steve placed uh, second of Badgers, but it was 97th overall. So Badger cross country season is now over, but uh, good year for, for both teams. Uh, women's volleyball. Had a very big week this week. They went out to Rutgers and they got a big win. They get a sweep over Rutgers. They win that one three to nothing at Jersey Mike's Arena, which is in New Jersey, thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was in England, in Jersey, in England, that kind of Mike. Hello, it's Jersey Mike. I'm from Jersey. No. Um, but they go up Piscataway. They get the three to nothing win. But the bigger story is the three to win over Penn State. Um, just a fantastic game to watch. Uh, I was sitting on the edge of my seat because Badgers win the first one 25-19, lose the second 25-22, uh, win the next one 25-23. The third set was won. Badgers were up 16-6 to at one point, and Penn State fought their way back to being down. I mean, they were still down like four. They got like four straight points uh, to make it to 23-24, and then a uh, big finish, uh, I believe it was uh, Robinson got the finish there. Devin Robinson had a huge game. Uh, Smrek came in there, had a big game. Julia Orzow had a couple really important plays. 
Um, Robinson led the team with 17 kills. Danielle Hart, uh, she also had 13. Franklin played great with eight. Um, like I said, Robinson also nine blocks, including she, her and uh, Hart were in the last one that ended the game uh, in the fifth set. Uh, Badgers got out a couple. They had a very good block to start it off with. Again, it was Robinson there. Uh, then there was a shooting, just a driving error where Penn State just drove the ball right out of bounds to get up 2 nothing. They ended up 4-1, then 7-4, and then they were down. Like, they were down. They needed to get, like, three or four straight points to get ahead. They got up 14-11, gave up a point, and then finished with the 15-12 win in that last set. So winning in Penn State is a hard thing to do. It's not a thing that happens frequently. I think they said the first win in Penn State since like 2016 or something. And this is the first time Badgers uh, volleyball has ever swept Penn State. For those who don't know, Penn State and Nebraska are the two gold standards. It's the, you know, they're the traditional champions. They're the Alabama. They are the, I think, who's the other ones there? Georgia, whatever. I mean, probably more than that because they're the two winningest programs too. So it's kind of like Michigan, Notre Dame kind of stuff there. So they're, they're really good in, in winning those games. is going to be great. And like we just said, Nebraska's the other one and they will be playing Nebraska this weekend. So this is going to be the biggest game of the weekend. I think it's three versus six. Um, and if the Badgers win this because uh, Nebraska and Ohio state are both two losses in the conference and Wisconsin with the one, if the Badgers can win one of these next two, which is against you know Nebraska and then Ohio State, win one, you win a share of the title for the conference uh, for the fourth year in a row. And if you win them both, you win it outright. So that's fantastic and looking forward for that. Um, Marquette came out and also continues their winning ways. Uh, they beat Xavier 3-1. to one, uh, And that one against Xavier, Marquette is now, well, it was 16-1 after that one. They went 3-1. to one. Uh, they get some big games from uh, Aubrey Hamilton again. Uh, Carly Scrabeck is another name we've mentioned about Scrabeck. Uh, she gets two aces, uh, ends up leading the team in digs with 31. That's You feel like that's got to be a typo, but it's not, just because that's, that's an insane number for digs. Um, 31 is almost twice as many as uh, Lucia Corson had, or Corsaro had for... Uh, Xavier in this one. She had 17 to lead that team. 31 for Skrabek. Uh Also, some other good games by Ella Foti and uh, Hattie Bray uh, coming in there. With the Foti playing well with the aces. Hattie Bray with a couple good blocks as well. Um, but yeah, another good game by Marquette. Uh, they also come back after that then and beat Creighton, uh, which they hope to do in basketball as well. But Marquette beats Creighton nine aces to zero in the ace it's like that's that is a ridiculous number to see um so that's crazy there marquette uh jenna reitzma leads the team in both kills and aces uh hattie bray leads in blocks with three uh yadhira anchante uh, leads with the 34 assists and then there are 13 digs by jenna reitzma reitzma obviously leading the way through this game uh, also had four assists which was good for second on the team uh, she was everywhere on that floor playing a great game, so it was wonderful to watch that too. I fully expect that they'll win out. They do have the Big 12, or probably the Big East tournament coming up soon, so they're playing St. John's or UConn, and then they'll be up in the Big East championship almost certainly. So they'll wait to see the winner of St. John's and UConn, 
And the, the November 25th, the Friday after Thanksgiving, and the 26th will be the Big East Championship game. Uh, moving on, Wisconsin Wrestling had a very tightly fought win this week. They were uh, playing uh, Cornell. They got up early immediately because they had uh, they had a win by Barnett to start off with. Uh, Gomez gets an, uh, got an upset win over a three-time NCAA champion. Uh, Austin Gomez gets that that big win. Uh, I don't even want to. I'm going to get that guy's name wrong. I don't remember how they said it. But uh, beats Cornell's three-time NCAA champion. Uh, he's currently ranked third, and expect him to go up. Uh, so it's fantastic. Get Gomez going well. Eric Barnett gets the win. Modal gets the win. Uh, Hamidi uh, again in there doing well. And Trent Hilger finished it off with a five-two decision uh, against the number ninth-ranked uh, wrestler in the heavyweight uh, class. So they get a nineteen to thirteen win uh, against Cornell, I believe, in Cornell or in Ithaca. So, uh, nice win for the Badgers. You'd like to see him win by more because they expected a lot from this team, I guess, but very good win there. If you're looking for good wins, we are not going to be giving them to you from Wisconsin Badgers hockey, but they did get two wins uh, as they continue to play the Sorrowful Sisters of the Poor uh, over a, a long stretch here. This week, they played Lindenwood. Um, i got to look up what they're in. They are the Lions. Uh, and Let's go see how big this school is. Is not much. They play on uh, Casino Center Drive, Lindenwood University in St. Charles, Missouri. And that's a hockey, D1 hockey program at this point. Uh, Wisconsin wins the first game 4-3 to three against Lindenwood, uh, playing at the Kohl Center. They get goals from Zach Erdahl, Brock Caulfield, and then uh, Corson Kulemans and Yagnauth, uh, Tyson Yagnauth to uh, round out the scoring there. He gets the game-winning goal. On a power play in the third period, uh, 12.56 into the third period to get that win. The next night, they at least decided not to make it so close and not to make us uh, kind of hang on so long for that one. They beat them 5-1. to one. So getting a little better play of that one, they do outshoot them. Uh, let's see. It was uh, 46 shots to 23. So, man, if you don't win that one significantly, you gotta you got to start looking at your life. Um, Corson uh, Brantle gets a goal. Cruz Lucius, who, again, what a great hockey name. It sounds like he was a former emperor of the Roman Republic. Or, well, not, not <laughs> Republic. His revenge. Uh, yeah, Cruz Lucius gets two goals and an two, sit, two assists in this game to, to help all, all scorers here and lead all scorers. Owen Lindmark and Corson Kuhlemans also add goals to round out the scoring in that Badger women have a nice weekend. They go, uh, they're playing Minnesota. The first one, they get a 3-3 tie, but, but, so it counts as a tie, and I believe this is for NCAA scoring purposes, but for the purposes of division standings, conference standings, Minnesota gets the overtime uh, goal here that gives them the extra point in conference, but it ends up as a 3-3 tie. Uh, Badgers get the first goal by Vivian uh, Jungles, and then uh, Layla Edwards and uh, Britta Curl add goals. Britta Curl getting the last goal. It was a 3-2 Minnesota lead. Britta Curl comes in from uh, Lacey Eden and Casey O'Brien and gets the game-tying goal. Uh, the next night, though, the Badgers came out no nonsense. Number three beats number one. 
and uh, fantastic game to have that done. It was at Lebon, so you'd hopefully to get that uh, home ice advantage. But Wisconsin gets out to a one goal lead. Uh, Nicole Lamantia from Britta Curl and Jesse Camfer, Camfer, uh, pardon me. Uh, Minnesota ties it up, and then Wisconsin adds three straight goals. Uh, one in the second period by Sarah Wozniewicz. And then Kristen Sims and Jesse Comfer add in late goals in the third period to round out the scoring and give them a buffer. Uh, so it was a 4-1 to one win as the Wisconsin women uh, beat the Gophers and get a tie. They will play Bemidji State in Bemidji State coming up in December. So we won't see them for a little bit. Uh, men's Division Three hockey, uh, Friday night, Eau Claire... UW-Eau Claire gets a 5-4 overtime win over Northland. Uh, Superior, just for Aaron, Superior gets a 3-0 win over River Falls. And UWSP beats Stout. In Saturday, then uh, UWSP beat Northland 5-4. River Falls falls to Eau Claire, 4-2, Eau Claire win. And then Stout beats Superior 4-1. Two games on Tuesday night were uh, canceled, though, in this one it looks like. Uh, women's hockey, we have Superior beating Northland 2-0 on Friday. Going into Saturday, River Falls gets a 3-2 win over Eau Claire. This is the battle for the conference because these are the two, the, the only two teams ranked in women's hockey in the state of Wisconsin right now. Uh, River Falls and Eau Claire, both top 10 teams. Uh, River Falls gets the home win. UWSP beats uh, UW Superior 4-1. And, uh, yep, so that rounds out the scoring in that all right. Uh, did you have anything else you saw this week that you thought uh, you wanted anybody to hear about before we uh, close out the show? No. No? Nothing interesting. All right. Whew. All right. Well, it's been another fun week. I'm very glad to have Josh here with me to uh, get through this, uh, fighting through our national tragedy of not having Aaron on the show. Yeah. What are going to do? <laughs> I don't know. So it was... It was always fun, and it's a good time to have it here. So uh, please remember to give him a follow on Twitter. And what is that again? Uh, at Josh Barnes sixty six. Yeah, I follow him sometimes. I, I tweeted something at him today because it was a, I can't remember what it was. Normally I share them elsewhere, but it was it was one of these funny ones where I just like, nope. Everybody needs to know this is Josh. Uh, but uh, yeah, also make sure to follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. Follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod, and follow me at not so humble host and remember whether you are on the town or on the go it is always on wisconsin this has been the scotty johnny podcast remember to find the boys on twitter at scotty johnny one or online at scottyjohnny.com thanks for listening and on wisconsin